A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, November 3rd. In the coming weeks, we will be sharing some of my favorite conversations from BOF Voices going all the way back to 2016. This week, we revisit an inspiring conversation with Vanessa Kingori, the Chief Business Officer of Condé Nast Britain. At BOF Voices 2021, Vanessa shared her lessons in leadership with Purpose Coach Maury Fontanez, underscoring the importance of leveraging intuition in leadership and decision-making. Let your intuition be the starting point. Intuition is about a subconscious understanding of something, but that subconscious understanding comes from somewhere. It's not magic, it's that you have experienced or observed something that underpins a strong belief. BOF Voices 2023 will be live streamed for BOF professional all access members from November 28th to November 30th. Check out the link in the episode notes and sign up today for your front row seat at BOF's annual gathering for big thinkers. In the meantime, here's Vanessa Kingori on the BOF podcast. So I wanted to start by asking you how in your brilliant career, you were just promoted two months ago to chief business officer of Condé Nast Britain's brands. You still oversee uh, Vogue UK and, and Vogue in, in Europe. So a lot of responsibility, a lot of different <laughs> balls in the air. What is your relationship with intuition and how do you lean into it? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had the most amazing conversations, actually. Yeah. Intuition for me is vital and it's something I've grappled with actually for a long time because if you think about what the definition of intuition is, right, it's about using your instinct to make decisions without any conscious reasoning. So it's kind of unreasonable, right? It's, so I've spent a long time wondering why 
when I'm in certain rooms of decision makers and everyone has, is aligned and has consensus, I'm usually the person going, really? <laughs> you know, are we sure? Isn't there another way? And always worried so much about, was I being annoying? Was I being disruptive? Was I, but leaning into that, like pushing through that pain and leaning into it. And with hindsight now, not the time, I kind of realized that that's been really key to my path and, and kind of where I am now in that I've spent my life being an outsider and being really comfortable with that in terms of the fact that I belong to lots of places, but also really different. I was born in Kenya, in a very rural specific part of Kenya, to a mother who wasn't Kenyan and everyone else was. And then we spent lots of years in St. Kitts in the Caribbean, where we were the African girls and the African family, but everyone was cool with it. We were just different. And then came to London where People did not understand my crazy accent because it was so kind of... And so they just kind of labelled us Jamaican. I'd never even been to Jamaica, right? So, so, like, everywhere I've been, I have had to get comfortable with being a bit of an outsider, which means often your perspective, you know, my point of view, and therefore the decisions I come to are different to the normal consensus. Right. So with the wonderful thing that's hindsight. I've realised that it's okay to be intuitive. It's actually great to lean into your difference rather than try to push to assimilate too much, right? And the other thing is those places that I come from, intuition is really celebrated. In St Kitts, for example, it's completely normal to just not turn up at something or to arrive at something and then leave straight away and then just say, my spirit didn't take to it. Mm. Can you imagine like being going somewhere and just being like, I don't have any reason, right? I don't have any reason apart from doesn't feel good. Yeah. And so I think that I've just had to push past that is not the cultural norm mm -hmm. in most organisations. Right. And I think certainly in the British and Western setting. So I've just had to like, be, learn slowly and slightly painfully to become comfortable with that. So let's get into it. Real talk here. Okay, real talk. I so, thought we were talking real. <laughs> <laughs> but I really want to dig into how you do that, right? Because right. I think you mentioned something that I see in my work with leaders, which is that often when I see a trade-off of your intuition, it's in favor of conformity. Right. It's to fit in. It's to, you know, whatever that corporate culture is to make sure that you're succeeding because you're conforming. Yeah. And I really believe that intuition, your higher self, is actually asking you to do the opposite. Yeah. And so those two things are coming at crosshairs. Have you faced that in your career? And if so, how do you get over the temptation to conform mm. and choose your intuition instead? Oh, gosh. The conformity thing is big, I think, because I think that there is a huge drive in our cultures at a societal level and at business level to fit in, which is such a weird thing for us in creative industries. Yeah. We're always trying to explore the next. And to do that, you have to not group think, right? So it's weird that on the business side, 
of so many of our organisations, everyone's trying to conform, everyone's dressing the same, everyone, like... People think that, like, you've absolutely aced a meeting when everyone's like, yeah, I agree. It's like, that was a shit meeting. Right. Right, you know, if there isn't someone in the room saying, hang on, guys, what about X? You're not being productive, right? So the whole piece for me, when, you know, I took over the business side of Vogue a few years ago, and Edward and I were talking so much about diversity of perspective back to the buzzword thing, yeah. everyone starts talking about diversity, 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 la, 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 la. But it's like, I mean, what is the means? Like, to, that's a means to an end, rather, right? Yeah. So diversity is not important for diversity. It's because you want to try to limit groupthink right. and try to get to the point where, you know, you have different perspectives challenging you and making you think, hey, okay, I didn't think about that. I didn't know that that subculture was there. I didn't think about that route. So for me, I think conformity is the enemy of progress mm -hmm. and creativity and business, right? So it's completely strange that we're all sort of desperately trying to belong to a tribe, think the same and all of those things. And again, I think it's difficult because... If there is a group where there is a lot of intuitive thinkers, it's easier to be intuitive. Right. Right? Right. If you're in a group that are super homogenous and all aligned and, like, patting each other on the back and you're the only intuitive thinker, I think it takes a little bit more energy and a bit more strength, but it's even more important. Yeah. It's even more important to disrupt that, that line of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you encourage people in your teams to get comfortable standing out or saying the thing that is the dissenting opinion or saying, I mean, I think right now data is king, right? Yeah. So to not have data to back your intuitive thoughts up is, is hard in mm. corporate culture. How do you encourage your teams to really lean in? It's a big thing, but I think that you said something that's really important, which is about not having the data piece. Like, I think this is the other sort of misnomer around intuition and around empathy as well mm. is that they're somehow seen as like the opposite of data which mm. is not true mm -hmm. i think that the way that i speak to my teams and then business leaders who i work with and i know you do the same is intuition is the beginning so one of the things i struggled with a lot when i was newer to management and in some spaces where I look different, I sound different, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. every single, I'm taller than everyone else. You know, <laughs> like, there's no way of blending in, so, like, don't try to. Yeah. Is that you sound kind of crazy Yes. when you say, I know all the data says X, yeah. but I just feel like Y. Mm -hmm. That's the scary bit. So the thing I say to my teams and myself and to the businesses and so on that I work with are, like, let your intuition be the starting point. Yeah. Intuition is about a subconscious understanding of something. Mm. But that subconscious understanding comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's not magic. It's not, you know, it's that you have experienced or observed something that underpins a strong belief. Mm. So it's based on a kind of fact and experience that you just might not be able to articulate. So my thing is, like... 
it's probably best not to go around making huge decisions. Like I'm speaking to, you know, CEOs as you are and asking them to commit millions of pounds to something on a hunch, right? <laughs> it's like, use that as the starting point. I feel that we should do right. this. I feel that if we change the direction and the narrative and the purpose of this brand, we might lose X, but we'll gain, you know, double, triple, quadruple, mm -hmm. as we did on Vogue. But then back that up with data. Mm. Data is not our enemy, it's our friend. So it's like, if you have a hunch on something, start to look into who else feels like this? Mm -hmm. Do you, can you build any allies in your organization or in your group? And what is the information that might qualify that? So mm -hmm. you, you need to like pull that thread yourself often before you present it to a wider group or decision makers. So that's one of the big pieces of advice that I give people. Sometimes you kind of, you can't do that because it's such a kind of wild idea. And that's why it's great to be in a creative setting mm -hmm. where you need to empower people to just take that risk. Right. The other bit of advice I sort of give to people and particularly to teams is like, if your intuition is almost always to do the easy thing, it's not, not intuition. <laughs> It's never your intuition. <laughs> That's, That's either true. like tiredness, burnout, yeah. or laziness, Fear. right? Yeah. It's like, so it can be easy to confuse what intuition is with like a kind of desire yeah. to do something different or be somewhere else or something like that. You know the trick I teach people? Yeah. They ask me all the time the difference between fear and intuition. And I tell them intuition is emotionally neutral. Yeah. It's like a period at the end of a sentence. And when it occurs, it may be asking you to do something that feels hard, but it's not making you sad or scared, mm. right? If you're sad or scared, that's anxiety, that's fear, that's trauma, those are triggers. But you can recognize your intuition when it's, when it's emotionally neutral. Does that resonate for you? Absolutely, yeah. yeah you shouldn't feel kind of... Um, I mean, I love that we've talked a lot about pushing through fear on, yeah. on a lot of different things, but I think it's just that feeling of like, I don't think that's the right way to go. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about this idea of crazy. You and I are sitting up here, two women of color. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we both understand the realities of being women in the workforce, people of color in the workforce, and some of the weight that comes with assumptions about us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, overly emotional. And that intuition carries with it a label sometimes, particularly if it's coming from a female, which is crazy. <laughs> Do you ever face that either fear or have you ever been in a situation where you feel like because of your identity, mm. you had to hide your intuitive abilities in order to fit in or succeed? Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start with that. Because <laughs> it's like, um, <clears throat> yes, absolutely. I think the, the female thing is really interesting, particularly when it comes to intuition, because intuition is not the domain of women, strictly speaking. But I do think women are more, people are more skeptical of women's intuition and they don't know it. Mm -hmm. And there is a reason why women were burnt at the stake and accused of being witches. And I think a lot of those witches were just intuitive people. There wasn't magic going on. They weren't foreseeing the future. They were just like, in my experience, if you do X and we do, like, we get, right? Yeah. So I think that there is a little bit more of a stigma around women's intuition. It sounds all wishy-washy and like you're not serious. Yeah. Particularly on the business side, less so in creativity. 
I think that there is this feeling of like, come on, you know, this, this isn't the place for that, like your women's intuition. Well, we had a great conversation where we were talking about how many times have you been in a business setting or group situation and a guy has a hunch and everyone's like, yeah, let's hear about your hunch. <laughs> and then a woman's like, my intuition, it's like, come on. <laughs> We're at work now, right? <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's the same thing. It's, in, it's insane. So I just think that, that there is a demonization of women and that makes it scary a lot of the time. So I see a lot of people that I'm working with in my day-to-day -day job and in some of the stuff I do outside on boards and what have you. And I, they do a thing where, like, after the meeting, they go, I was thinking that. And you're like, no. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You can't back it up yet. You can. You can say it in that sure. meeting, and that is about the fear of people thinking that they aren't a solid business person because they're not speaking only on data-driven facts. Yep. And how do you push through the fear, personally? For me, it goes back to that outsider thing. Like I really don't mind not yep. being. I think I've been extremely fortunate in that I have lived a life where. I am used to being an outsider. I've been in an organization now for over 12 years. And in every single facet of my work at Condé Nast, I've been the outsider. You know, when I became the publisher of GQ, I was the first woman, the youngest person, the first person of color. And it's like, here I am being different again, you right. know. And then going to Vogue, everyone's sort of talking so much about me being the first ever woman in over 100 years to run the brand which was like, okay, now you said it, I'm a bit daunted. But again, it's just, I think that I have been lucky to be able to have time and a life where I can sit with being an outsider and then therefore have different views to everyone else by, by virtue of that yeah. and know and learn as well. And it's something that I tell everyone that I encounter to do is to learn to be okay, like your superpower is the fact that you're not thinking like everyone else. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So true. <laughs> so we're talking about fear. Yeah. And I think I've told you this recipe I've created for tuning into your intuition. You need to tell everyone the recipe. <laughs> and I want to ask you about it. I'm going to get personal again. But, you know, I have a hypothesis that our triggers, our traumas create limiting belief systems. Yes. And by limiting belief systems, I mean we decide what we can and cannot do. We decide what's realistic. We decide what success looks like based on what we've been told yeah. and the experiences we had that created pain. Mm -hmm. And those limiting belief systems create what I call white noise in between you and the signal, which is your intuition. Yeah. When I work with leaders, some of those things that I see are judgment, Mm -hmm. Right? And when you're judging... Judgment of themselves or of... Well, it comes out as judging someone else. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But then it's a cue to me that you're really judgmental yeah. about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? When you hear kind of this talk of white noise, mm -hmm. of what might block you from that signal, from the fear, from judgment, have you ever felt like you've been stuck in that place? How have you cleared that noise and tuned into the signal when it's been, think of a time in your career, yeah. obviously a lot of pressure. I feel like we're in therapy. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> I think you guys don't mind joining us. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you work through that judgment of self and that fear to really trust ultimately what you're hearing from the signal? Listen, imposter syndrome is real. Yes. <laughs> I think it's very useful. I think that limiting belief systems are actually imposter syndrome. 
And I think that that manifests itself differently in different people based on their personal experience. I think that for me, I have had to, and a lot of people I know who are, you know, doing their thing, I need to channel that a little bit and firstly, not dismiss it too quickly. So I'm not a kind of like a bury it down person. I'm a, okay, let me just unpack that. Why am I feeling like I'm not good enough? Mm -hmm. Or why hasn't a woman done this before? Is there like a reason? And, and then I try to unpack it and channel it to make me better and to try and be better for the people around me. Because you're absolutely right. I think that when people generally have kind of limiting kind of ideas about themselves, it's common to reflect it back to the people yes. around you. And so it creates a, like, I need strong teams around me. I, especially now, I've gone from, like, running one brand, a big brand, which took up all of my time to like, okay, let me run 10. Like, how am I going to do that? I need to have amazing teams and I'm very lucky that I have incredible teams around me. So I need to be able to make sure that that self-limitation doesn't sort of impact them. So I need to pull on that thread again and say, is there a nugget of truth in it actually? Don't dismiss it too soon, number one. And then do the work to kind of dispel it if I can. So often, to what I said before, it's usually about how other people might be making you feel. I loved what Jay said at the beginning about people's perception of you being your yeah. understanding of yourself. And then often it's about really going down to who is the person who's making you feel like that, if it's a person or is it in me? And I think that all of these beliefs, even if they're difficult and they're inaccurate, they're still useful to explore and unpack and you can still grow from them. Yes, and I love that you said if you don't do that, it trickles out to your teams and that's how toxicity yeah. is created in yes. cultures. We don't need it. Last question for you. Okay. Being an intuitive leader and leaning into it, what are you most proud of? What is an accomplishment that you are most proud of? Oh, gosh. Okay, you're coming at me. <laughs> uh, well, actually, it's quite easy. I'm really, really proud of my son. I had a son when I was in my first year of running Vogue, mm -hmm. which lots of people told me I was crazy to do. Thank you, guys. <laughs> um, you know, because it was this like, oh, a woman's never done it. And in year one, you're popping off to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And I had lots and lots of advice to kind of not share too much about being a mother, about being pregnant. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I was going to swear, but I don't know what the... <laughs> no, I thought, I'm not going to do that. So if you ever look at my Instagram account, it is deliberately full of pictures of my son. If well, you come and he to my is office, so cute, so I don't quite blame cute you. Too. <laughs> um, I think that to show that we're multifaceted, whatever that may mean to you... It's good. I can turn up to work every day and deliver the results that I deliver and continue to climb in my organisation, and I can do that. And no one can tell me what I should limit myself to or not. So for me, becoming a mother and doing my job and being promoted twice since, and he's only two and a half, is, uh, is my biggest achievement. <laughs> BOF Voices 2023 takes place from November 28th to November 30th. To register for this year's global live stream, follow the link in the episode notes.